Merry Christmas. My name is Brad Watson, and this is the Saturate Podcast's Advent devotional called Preparing Room. This is a 25-day reflective journey through the themes of Advent, as well as the themes of being the people God called us to be, so I hope that you will enjoy it. Throughout this season, we've been pointing people to several of our Advent resources, and you can definitely check those out at saturatetheworld.com. As we approach the end of this series, and as we approach the end of this year, I want to point out another resource that I think can help people as they take what God has done in their lives in Advent and in Christmas, and then begin looking forward into the next year. It's called our Annual Planning Hopes and Dreams Guide. This helps you sit back and reflect on what has happened in the year that was, and also dream and plan towards the year ahead as a disciple and as a follower of Jesus. So I hope that you're able to take some time and look into that as well. And with that, let's dive into today's reflection. Lasting, redeeming love. In these last days of Advent, we turn our gaze to the love embodied in the crib. The incarnation carries into our world not just hope and peace and joy, but Christ brings with him a love of unending depth. As Sally Lloyd-Jones writes in her Jesus Storybook Bible, it is a never-ending, never-giving-up, always-and-forever love. Paul Miller describes what happened in the incarnation this way. Love walked among us. How does a baby love beyond smiles, sweet smells, and long sleep? The angel declares the reality of God's love that first Christmas Eve when it, when it says to the shepherds, Unto you is born this day a Savior, Jesus born rescuer, born to rescue us from a world made wretched through sin, death, and evil, born for the world and to save the world. Returning to Isaiah, as we have often this past month, we find the passion of Jesus predicted in powerful poetry in Isaiah 52, 53. Regularly read on Good Friday, this poem in Isaiah reveals the intent of Emmanuel. Let the word sink in as you consider Christ born into this world to redeem it. It says, See, my servant will act wisely. He will be raised and lifted up and highly exalted, just as there were many who were appalled at him. His appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any human being and his form marred beyond human likeness. So he will sprinkle many nations and kings will shut their mouths because of him. For what they were told, they will see. And what they have not heard, they will understand. Who has believed our message And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot, like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we would desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hid their faces, he was despised, and we held him in low esteem. Surely, though, he took our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. 
We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. Yet who of his generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living, and for the transgression of my people he was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, though he had done no violence nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer, and though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin." He will see his offspring and prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and I will divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. The suffering servant, the king of glory, comes to be with us in sin and to take on the sins of men. The love of God compels God to suffer and die so that Emmanuel, God with us, can be a forever reality. There are three clear signs that God loves you without end the empty tomb the bloody cross, and the swaddling clothes of a newborn baby. And there is one definition of love with which God has loved us all. Jesus. He is amazing love. He is the definition. Martin Luther says what most of us might say at the realization of Jesus' incarnation and the love that he brings into the world. Martin Luther wrote, Were earth a thousand times as fair, beset with gold and jewels rare, she yet were far too poor to be a narrow cradle, Lord, for thee. The poem saying, humanity isn't worthy of this love. Even if we got ourselves all prettied up, we wouldn't be worthy. And yet love appears. Unto you is born this day a Savior who loves you. Not because of jewels or that you've been made fancy or fair, but he loves you and he passionately pursues taking away the sins and the evil and the death of this world so that he can bring you to life. The writer of Hebrews 12, 1 to 4 responds to our sense of undeserving love this way as an encouragement. He says, it was for the joy set before him, that's Jesus, he endured the cross. He endured scorning. He endured shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. It was for the joy set before him, he endured. Do you hear that? Jesus endures all that is described in Isaiah out of a pursuit for joy. Jesus chooses joy, and it was you. It was the defeating of shame for you. He reigns to bring you life. He dies to vanquish our sin, and it was for joy. All of this is summed up in Charles Wesley's brilliant poetry, and I believe that it can be for us an anthem that we sing to heaven and also a prayer toward every part of our cities, 
He wrote, Come thou long-expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. From our fears and sins release us. Let us find our rest in thee. Israel's strength and consolation, hope of all the earth thou art. Dear desire of every nation, joy of every longing heart. Born thy people to deliver, born a child and yet a king, born to reign in us forever, now thou gracious kingdom bring. By thine own eternal spirit, rule in our hearts alone. By thine all-sufficient merit, raise us to thy glorious throne. Before you go, I just want to say a few things about a new resource that's come out recently called the Gospel Basics for Kids. It's an amazing resource that we hope that you'll check out. It's for preschool-aged children, and it guides these kids through discussions and story and music and crafts and illustrations and coloring sheets, all to introduce these young children to the important discipleship uh, realities of gospel, identity, rhythms, and essentially the way that we teach and train and disciple adults, we're doing it for kids because our children are not the disciples of the future, they're the disciples of today. And so go to saturatetheworld.com or amazon.com to learn more about the gospel basics for kids and get your copy.